So we have such a wonderful uh, guest speaker here. Actually, our first guest speaker in our new home. So exciting and fabulous. But before I get to you something, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Because I got a note on my car. I think there's something going on with this car thing. Please don't ever park like this again. It's not fair to the rest of us. Getting in and out tonight was nearly impossible. Thanks. Yes. So many people want the world to be fair. All right, let me tell you about our guest speaker today. Her name is Tanner Keeves, and she is an honors graduate of Harvard Law School who left her law practice to write and help others live their calling. She is a best-selling author of This Time I Dance, Creating the Work You Love, and the upcoming Inspired and Unstoppable, Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work. She's been featured on Oprah Radio, a sought-after speaker, career, and success coach. She has helped thousands worldwide to discover, launch, and thrive in the life, calling, and businesses of their dreams. She was put on the surf to champion visionary minds, creative souls, and purpose-driven change agents. I met Tama uh, a year ago at a conference in San Diego, and she was having, I remember, she was having breakfast with uh, about three of my other friends, and I said, I'm enjoying it. And we both went, <laughs> and we just had the best time together. I think everyone else just disappeared. And uh, she's just become one of my favorite girlfriends, and we connect throughout the year, and she just really inspires me. I think she's spectacular. She's really uh, a woman of God, and she brings God into um, your finding your calling and living your work's passion um, in a way that is just magnificent. So I assure you that you will be uh, well-fed this morning, and I assure you that you will want to run and cancel whatever afternoon plans you have so that you can continue um, being filled full with her wisdom and her love. Please welcome up Tamara Keeves. Thank you. So I want to start by asking you a very serious question to begin with. Do you think that we incarnated on planet Earth just to pay bills? <laughs> really? Do you think that's what evolution was all about? You know, just to get to that point? I think we all know there's something more inside us. There's dreams, there's inspiration, there's gifts, there's love, there's soul that we want to express. And so what I want to talk about today is what stops us from living that inspired life. What stops us from being inspired? Because inspiration, as you know, the word inspiration comes from in spirit, living in spirit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a wild limb here. I'm going to like get a little psychic hit that maybe we've read some self-help books. You know, I'm just going to call it, right? You know, we've read some self-help books. We've read, do what you love, the money will follow. You know, five easy steps to your new life. 30 days to your new life. And I don't know about you, but it'd be like 80 freaking days later, and I'd have the same life. 
I have the same sweatpants. And I think, oh my God, I think I'm failing self-help. Like, now what do you do? Where in the bookstore do you go now? You know, so, so here's what I know about living an inspired life and what stops us. If you are not listening to your own inner voice, you're listening to someone else, right? If you're not listening to your voice, who are you listening to? Maybe you're listening to the voice of the culture, the voice of an educator, the voice of a parent. But if you're not listening to yourself, your soul, your God, who are you listening to? I was listening to my mother. Yeah. I knew early on when I was in high school that I wanted to write. That was the first thing that came to me is I wanted to write. I took um, creative writing in high school and I read Catcher in the Rye. Remember Catcher in the Rye? You know, I loved it and it was like, oh my God, this rocks. This is it for me. You know, and, and the creative writing teacher was gorgeous. So, you know, clearly this was a sign. You know, I mean, I mean really, what more do you need, right? You know, it's all, it's all adding up, right? So I went home to share with my family this fabulous news that I had found my soul's calling. Only I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and my family, yeah, thank you, Brooklyn. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and my family was Orthodox Jewish. So if you went home and you shared, I found my calling, I want to be a writer, this is not good news. You know, nobody says mazel tov, you know? Um, so I basically got from my mother, you're going to write? You're going to write? You're going to starve, you're going to write. Yeah, and that was the go for your dreams talk. Pretty much. That was it. That was it. And then my mother, being a reasonable woman, said something like, what? You can't get a job. You'll write on Sundays. Right? The reasonable path. And many of us got that same advice, didn't we? Didn't we get that same advice? Maybe different accents, but you know, I hope. But we got that same advice. Don't do what you love. Don't do what excites you. Don't do what moves you. Don't do what's in your soul. You know, stay safe. Stay practical. Right? We got that message. And I think we're seeing in the world now, don't you, that the safe path is not what's safe. Right? I think we're seeing that all over, that the safe path isn't what's safe. But I didn't know that then, and I went off to law school, and I got accepted to Harvard Law School, and graduated with honors from Harvard Law School. Yeah. <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> and as you might imagine, my mother was very proud. Right? This was good, you know? So she's bragging in every synagogue for all she's worth. You know, my little girl, I don't want to tell you, let me tell you. Right? You know, that was good, right? So then I went off and I got a job practicing law and I'm in a major law firm and I'm on partnership track and everything looks right. And you may have had this situation in your life where everything looks right, but it doesn't feel right. Something feels really empty, something feels really wrong, and you keep thinking, what's wrong with me? Or I did. I would, I would just be freaking out thinking, I have everything you're supposed to have in this culture, and it's not working for me. I don't feel okay. And I'd be on the express bus in the mornings going to this 
fancy job and secretly hoping, such great consciousness here, um, secretly hoping that maybe the bus would blow up, you know? Um, you know, willing, completely willing to take out 30 innocent people. No problem to me. Just so I didn't have to get to that job. So that tells you a little something, you know? And so I knew that something is clearly wrong. And I went to therapy, thank God for therapy, right? And I started telling the therapist, something's wrong with me, you have to get me off this planet, it's not working, I'm freaking out. And thank God for therapy, because he would say, you know, let's just slow it down a little bit. You know, before you leave the planet, maybe you could leave that job. <laughs> Brilliant advice. That's why we pay them the big bucks, right? You know, but I didn't even think of that. You know, for me and many, for many of us, right? Leaving everything we know, everything we've been trained to be, everything we're supposed to be, that is like leaving the planet, right? That is, you know, that's scary for most of us. And thank God I had a friend of mine at the time and he said something amazing to me that became the basis of my book, the basis of my work. He said, think about it. If you've been this successful, doing something you don't love, that you don't love? What could you do with what you loved? And so that's what I'm throwing out to us. Who could we be? What would we be if we were inspired? If we were really living what we were meant to live, right? So that's what I'm gonna throw out to us. I finally got the guts. I left that job and I thought, you know, you get one life, I wanna know. I wanna know where this goes. And so I left the job and actually got a job waiting tables initially. You know, just to just to support myself, bring in some money, you know, to figure out what I wanna do, who I wanna be. Um, as you might imagine, this didn't go over so well with my mother. <laughs> this was not a moment of glory. Right, you know, so I got the phone calls every week. You're serving nachos? <laughs> With a Harvard law degree, you're serving nachos now. You know? I'd be like, in curly fries, too much. Um, and you know how when you're scared and people, you know, like say the wrong things, right? You know, she'd be like, do you even know what Susan Finkenberg is making now? Do you know? And then she married the plastic surgeon. You know, so like, you need to know all these things, right? When you're doing your training. So, anyway. The other thing I want to say that stops us from living an inspired life, right? What stops us from living an inspired life? I'm a career coach and I get this question all the time, but I don't know how. Tamma, I would love to do that. I would love to live my passion. I would love to live my dreams. I don't know how. I don't know how to go from A to B to C to D. I don't know the steps. And here's the thing, in an inspired path, it's dynamic. It's alive. It's not A to B to C to D. It's one moment, one breath at a time. In this moment, there will be something you know. There will be the beloved will speak to you moment by moment. And that's how we follow it. So I'll give you an example. When I first left law and I started thinking about writing, I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? What do I want to write? How do I do this? And the first thing that kept coming to me was that I wanted to write poetry. That was the first thing that kept coming. And I was so depressed by that answer. <laughs> like, oh, you have got to be kidding me. You know, I'm gonna go from corporate law to writing poetry. Could I have a shot of something that looked lucrative? Please, just a shot, a hope, maybe? And have you ever done the 
thing where, you know, you're praying to the universe for all your worth, you know, like, just show me what I'm meant to be. Just tell me anything. I will do anything. I just want to serve. I just want to be used. Just tell me what it is. Anything, anything, anything. And then you get that answer. And then you're like, I will do anything else. <laughs> anything. Because <laughs> it's never what you're wanting to hear, right? But that's the thing, you don't get to choose what you love. You don't get to choose what you love. It chooses you. We get to choose whether or not we follow it, right? So I started writing poetry because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and so I'm writing poetry and it, I start writing these poetic essays is what happens. I start writing these essays about career transition because I'm in this middle of this tr transition and I'm getting frustrated. Like, you know, again, you read self-help books and it's like, Everybody knows their answer by page 40 already. You know, like Susie Q's living, making a million dollars already. Look at that, you know? And of course, I flip to the back of the book and she's thin and she's blonde, you know? And so you write her off immediately. Um, and so I'm getting frustrated. So I, I realized I'm writing these essays about how do you stay inspired when you're scared? How do you stay inspired? You know, you get inspired and then you freak out. You get inspired, you freak out. How do you stay with it? And so I started realizing, oh, I think I'm writing a book. I think that's what's going on. And so as I started writing this book, I realized, you know what? I want to be around other supportive people. I want to be around other creative people. And so I started a support group for me. Um, and that's how I am, for me. Yeah. Um, you can see why we get along. <laughs> So I started teaching. I started just doing a workshop, like try to workshop to see how it would go. And people said, hey, you know, you're really good at this. So I started doing more workshops. And people would say, would you ever consider, like, doing a retreat? You know, like going away to the mountains or something and spending a weekend figuring out these kinds of things and how to do our dreams, blah, blah, blah. And so um, I started playing around with doing retreats. And then people started asking me, hey, would you ever work one-on-one -on -one with me? Like, do coaching, you know, or do counseling kind of things. And so I started working one-on-one -on -one with people. And the point of this story, by the way, if, if any of us who are self-employed, you know that you pretty much do anything anybody asks if they have money, right? You know, that's basically the end of that story, right? They have money, I so do that. That. How do you spell it? <laughs> right, and then your business card looks like a scroll after a while, you know. But, it, but, but my point in that was really one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. In a million years, I did not plan this particular career. But by listening moment by moment by moment, you're led. And where you start off isn't where you end up. So what I'm going to ask you to think about is where do you want to start off? What is speaking to you in this moment or any particular moment when you listen, right? So the other thing that I know that stops us from living an inspired life uh, comes up all the time is, you know, you get excited and you get inspired and you think, well, maybe I can do this, and then you hit some obstacle, right? Then you hit some difficulty. 
And there's going to be what I call these choice points all along the way. And the choice point is going to be, do I listen to fear or do I listen to love? That's really going to be the choice at every minute of your life. Do I listen to the fear inside me or do I listen to love? So as I'm writing this book of mine and this dream and I'm following my bliss and I don't have an agent, I don't have a contract, I don't have a publisher, I'm just following my bliss. It takes me, by the way, 12 years to write this book. I had no idea it would ever take that long. I know a lot of people think, I want the five steps now. You know, I'm not doing 12 years. <laughs> you need those five easy steps now. Um, but, you know, I always say that I really think it took me 11 years to heal, 11 years to believe, 11 years to trust in this universe, in this love, 11 years to believe I was worth everything, 11 years to believe that maybe I did have a gift to express, you know? 11 years to heal and one year to write a book, right? And so, you know, a lot of times if it's taking you a while with things, it's because a lot's going on. You know, a lot of times you feel like I'm not getting anywhere, but you're doing so much all at once. We're healing our minds and our souls and our lifetimes, right? So, uh, anyway, I'm writing the book. It's maybe year 10 or something, and I'm having faith. And I walk into a bookstore one day, and there is a brand new book on exactly my topic. And it's by a famous author, and it's published, it's got a million endorsements. And you may have been there where you start comparing yourself, you know, you start thinking, who am I? You know, I have this dream, and I think I can do this, but like there are real people out there that have done it, and you know, and you know, I just had this like total meltdown in the bookstore. And fortunately, I was in the self-help section. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think I was a good place to do it. I think they're used to it. Um, <laughs> And so I had this meltdown, like, you've been following an inner voice, you know, like, Hitler heard an inner voice, you know? What are you, crazy? You know, Charlie Manson probably heard an inner voice. You know? Just because you're hurting doesn't mean you should listen to it. So I'm just having this total freak out. This is it. I'm going to give up. This is too hard. And we've all been there. Where I just think it's too hard. I'm going to give up. And so I start journaling. I start writing in my journal because that's what I do when I'm crazy. Um, I have a lot of journals. Um, <laughs> and what keeps coming through, this inner voice keeps saying, no, you have to trust. You just have to trust. You just have to trust. That's all it keeps saying. You just have to trust. And it basically is saying, what's it going to feel like at the end of your own life to know that you had this dream, you had this desire, you had this inclination, and that you gave up on it. You know, it's one thing if the world shuts a million doors at us, the world rejects us, but for us to reject ourselves is so harsh. And so I just thought in that moment, you know, you can listen to fear or you can listen to love. And by the way, fear often sounds like practicality. Doesn't it? Fear is often sounding practicality, right? Like, you know, you just need to be safe, and you just got to think ahead, and, you know, you really should know that you're just a piece of crap. You just need to know that. <laughs> Let's be realistic now. You need to know this and plan accordingly. <laughs> right? That's always fear, right? Love 
is the voice that's telling you, but there's a reason this is coming to you. There's a reason this is speaking to you. There's a reason you want this. So again, it's always going to be this choice. Do I listen to fear? Do I listen to love? The last thing I want to share with you about following an inspired life is something I inflict on every one of my clients, every workshop I do, everything I can think of. I always teach people, you can't plan an inspired life. You're not, I love that reaction. <laughs> That's why I want everybody responding, always. But, um, <laughs> you can't plan an inspired life, right? That's what we're learning here, isn't it? That, you know, that life is so much bigger and more beautiful and our little brains can't plan it or figure it out, but we can listen to it. We can receive it. We can follow it. And so how this worked for me was when I finally, finally, finally finished writing this book, um, I thought, well, what do I do now? You know, like, how do you get it in the world? I don't know how to publish anything. And, you know, so I'm reading all these books on commercial publishing, self-publishing, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I keep asking my inner voice, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And I get this message. It says, just put it in the river. Just put it in the river. Isn't that pretty? What the hell does it mean? <laughs> I mean, really, it is like hard enough to hear an inner voice. Mine is now speaking in metaphors. Like, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? You know, and I live, I live in Denver now, and you know, there's like not even any rivers really, so I know it's not literal, you know, and I'm sure as heck thinking, I sure don't believe that the inner voice is asking me, throw your manuscript down a river, I mean, you know, I'm hoping not. Um, um, and actually I always tell this story at different read readings and stuff, and it's funny because somebody, one of my readings once said, you know, maybe the inner voice meant put it on Amazon, you know, and I thought, oh. that it meant to self-publish the book. I knew intuitively it meant just get it out there some way, somehow, put it in the stream of life if it's supposed to go somewhere well, right? So that's, I knew intuitively that's what it meant. But that was kind of scary because I thought, oh my God, you know, that means I don't know anything about distribution or marketing or any of those things and you have to put your own money into it now. And it's like, oh my God, it's going the wrong direction. <laughs> but I just figured, you know what? I have followed this voice all along. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. And here's the deal. The second that you decide, you will follow your inner voice. The second you decide, this is it. I'm going to listen. I'm going to believe. I'm going to know I'm supposed to do this. The second you decide to do that, you will meet the most judgmental person. <laughs> Three seconds later. I don't know why. It's like a law of the universe. You know, law of attraction, there's law of detraction. You know, I, I, I don't know why. But I, like a crazy person, agreed to go to an ex-boyfriend's house for a Passover dinner. And I sat down next to a woman who was like my mother on steroids. <laughs> and she is drinking bad wine. All night. And... She starts grilling me, and I, I don't know if you know anything about Passover, but it's, the tradition is it's the exodus of the Jews 
I'm related to that service like I have never related in my whole life. All I kept hearing was, let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. She just thrilled me all night. She's like, you're going to publish a book and you know nothing about marketing and you know nothing about distribution and you're putting your own money into this. You're very ambitious. Right? Which is code for you're a nut, you know, except with my kids. Um, and I keep thinking, what do I tell this woman? Do I tell her I'm going to put it in a river? I'm going to put it in the room. Or do I tell her, don't worry, I've been listening to an inner voice for 12 years. It's very nice. You know how, like, you know, in rooms like this, like, we're actually proud of ourselves if we're listening to inner voices, right? You know, like, you know, we feel good and it sounds normal. You know, you go home, you talk to normal people, you sound crazy, right? So, again, just... I will cut to the chase. I finally, finally self-published my book. I finally put it into the world. The first thing that happened, I had my first reading. I had almost 200 people show up at my first reading. It was amazing. Um, My inner voice the whole time was saying, did you think I'd mess around? I told you I would take care of you. Right? But you never really believe that, right? And the book started spreading from word of mouth. It started hitting the bestsellers list. It hit the Denver Post bestseller list. It hit the business bestseller list. It was just going from word of mouth. People were just telling people about it. And then four months after I self-published, I got an email out of the blue that literally said, your fairy godmother has arrived. Your fairy godmother has arrived. Um, I, of course, thought it was spam, you know, <laughs> right? You know, you get an email like that, I thought, you know, you're going to open it up and it's going to be Russian girls are waiting for you. <laughs> you know, what else is it going to say? You know, or there's money for you in Nairobi. Just give us your credit card number, dear sir. Actually, um, it was actually an email from a vice president of marketing and publicity for Random House. And she was in a career transition and had somehow found my self-published book. And she wrote to me and said, this is the book I have ever read on finding your calling and on living your dream, and I want to help you get into a major New York publisher. Which, to me, was like saying, you know, as an unknown writer, that's like saying, I want to help you meet God. <laughs> God or the publisher, I would have gotten the publisher. <laughs> Just being real. I was so excited, as you might imagine. I was like so wildly excited about this that I sent this email out to like all my friends, like, oh my god, look at this thing, look at this thing, look at this thing. And it was funny because I teach a course in miracles, which some of you may know is a path of living in love instead of fear. So I got all these emails back from all my course in miracles students, all my science of mind friends, all my unity friends, all my yogi friends. All of them answered me immediately. They were like, oh 
my God, honey, we're crying with gratitude. This could only happen to you. You've believed for so long. You've had faith. We're so proud of you. All my New York friends got back to me immediately and said, oh, honey, it's a scam. <laughs> that woman is so going to want money, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Honey, I'm just saying. Um, it was so great. I wish I'd saved those emails. I wish I'd saved them. It was so great because it was the love or the fear, the love or fear. Um, anyway, she got it to the publisher I'd always, always dreamed of. She got it to the president of the company of the publisher I'd always dreamed of. It was Tartra, part of Penguin, one of the biggest houses, and they bought the book. Yeah, they bought the book exactly. <laughs> They bought the book exactly. I would clap more if you buy the book now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, they bought the book exactly the way that it was, um, which is unheard of as an unknown writer. They kept the writing the same. I had to edit maybe 10 sentences out of the whole book. They kept the title. And my point in this is, as an unknown writer, had I started and done things the conventional way, the way that you were supposed to do it, I would not have ended up where I ended up, right? Of who could plan, I mean, how can you plan that? How can you figure that out? I'm going to have a meltdown for 12 years. Some other woman's going to have a meltdown at the end of 12 years. And we're going to hook up, and that's my business plan. <laughs> Who's going to ever write, you know, what bank is going to go, sounds good to us, wish we thought of it, you know, um, absolutely, right? But that's what I mean when I say you can't plan an inspired life. There is that voice inside each of us. I don't think my story, I, I think my story is wonderful, but I think it's, it should be an average story. I think it should be an ordinary story. I think that we are all learning to follow that inner voice moment by moment to have amazing results. And that's what I'm gonna ask you to do is to think about what might it be saying to you. Because I know, I watch the news sometimes and it can be so depressing and negative and fearful, but then in rooms like this, with amazing, amazing human beings like this, we're changing our minds. We're changing our consciousness. We're changing our possibilities for ourselves and for this planet. To me, we are the news. You know, this is the news that's happening right here. You know, so I'm going to invite you to listen to that voice, and I'm going to end with my favorite quote. It's attributed to Jesus from the Gnostics, and it says, If you bring forth that which is within you, that which is within you, will save you. If you do not bring forth that which is within you, that which is within you will destroy you. It's a little gift of guilt for my people. <laughs>